lives have failed There's no hurt in the storm But you're the joy of my salvation The Lord is my strength The lifter of the lowly The rock on which I stand Oh, yet will I Yet will I Yet will I Rejoice in my God Anchor of my soul Lifter of my head I rejoice Oh, lifter of my head I praise your name Though the fig tree does not blossom There's no fruit on the vine I feel the crops fail no hurt in the storm. Oh, but you're the joy of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. Lift her up lowly, the rock on which I stand. Oh, yet will I. Will I rejoice in my God and cur my soul? Lift her off my head, I rejoice. Yet will I, yet will I, yet will I rejoice in my God anchor of my soul lift her off my head I rejoice and I will always sing and I will always praise in every circumstance cause God you never change I will always sing I will always praise In darkness you shall prove You stand from this to age I will always sing And I will always praise In every circumstance Cause God you never change I will always sing And I will always praise In darkness you shall Will I, yet will I 
rejoice in my God and cure up my soul. Lift her off my head, I rejoice. Oh, in every circumstance, every season of life, every trial, I will lift my voice and sing. You alone are worthy, Lord. Oh, oh, lift our voice and praise your name. Every circumstance, every trial, you shine through the darkness. You shine through the darkness. Oh, Lord. face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon be gracious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Will I, yet will I, 
Before I go any further, I have two of your friends who you might know and they want to say hi. So I'll be right back. So guys, these are your friends Ben and Manasse. Hi Ben, hi Manasse. Hi. How are you guys doing? Fine. You're doing fine. Yes. Are you guys missing Sunday school too? Yes. Oh, awesome. What do you guys miss the most? My your friends ben what do you miss my teachers as well your teachers as well that's amazing we miss everyone and hopefully we will see you soon okay say bye bye so like i said i miss you guys very very much can't wait to see you we keep praying for you for god's protection over your life and we know that he's already doing it because he is an awesome god and how do i know he's an awesome god i mean it's just fairly straightforward you can look all around you all the things he created how he protected and provided and his beautiful creation just tells us how wonderful and marvelous he is as a matter of fact today i'm going to talk to you about this very interesting insect it's very particular because of the way it looks and how it is called that insect is called the praying mantis. You can see him somewhere around on your screen. The praying mantis is this green insect with his front legs, which are bent and held together like this. You might have seen this holy looking bag sitting on a tree branch or somewhere in grassland. But what's interesting is that the praying mantis isn't actually praying. Huh. So what is it doing then? It is actually known to be an ambush predator, which means it sits very still, blending with the leaves and the twigs. Then when a bug or a bird or even a lizard or a frog, when it happens by, the mantis strike lightning fast with moves that would even make a ninja jealous. And it can spin in the hair landing right on its targets the mantis it seizes these victims with powerful front legs which are spiked by the way and it spins them down and most of the time it chooses to eat the brain first which is uh, disgusting but yeah now this mantis looks like it is actually praying because 
God created him that way. But one question you can ask yourself is, why didn't God create us like we were praying also? And the answer to that is very simple. We don't look like mantis. God did not create us to look like we were praying because he actually created us to pray. I mean, to actually pray and not looking like it. When you pray, not everybody should necessarily know or think that you are praying. Like this praying mantis will look like he was praying, but was not doing it actually. But when you pray, the Bible tells us that when you pray, you must go away by yourself. You must shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you or, or even answer to your prayer. The thing is, because what God loves is when you and him are having some intimate time together, are having some private time together, having secrets together, telling each other everything. Just when you like to spend time with your best friends, your mom, or even your dad, so does God want to spend time with you as well. So that is basically why we don't look like we were praying and not actually doing it. God created us to actually pray and talk to him. So if you don't know how to pray, it's not that complicated. No ninja moves are needed. It is as simple as talking to God like you talk to other people and listening to him when he talks back, most importantly. He is a God that listens. He cares about what you want and what is important for you. He cares about you. So just remember to spend some time in his presence and talking to him through prayer. So I'm going to leave you today with a prayer that Jesus taught his disciple when they asked him to teach them how to pray. And you can find it in the book of Matthew in the Bible, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. You can ask your parent to find it for you. Or if you know it already, you can just pray along with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom the power and the glory. Amen. So, remember to keep praying for your parents, your friends. I mean, why not your teachers as well? <laughs> and also pray for yourself and spend time with God as much as you can. He likes it when you spend private time with him. I'm talking about God. Bye-bye. See you and miss you guys. Good morning, everybody. Trust you're all well. Well, I'll say good morning, and I've spoken to many of you, and many of you are listening to this at very different times. So I will say happy Sunday to everybody. That's probably the best. Um, trust you're all doing well, and uh, spring is not far away. I'm very, very looking forward to that. The idea of some warmer weather, although we've had an amazing winter, really. Eh? Um, just want to first shout out to uh, Michael and Stacy Swartz on the birth of their beautiful little baby girl on the 7th of August, Aria. We just want to bless and wish you guys the best 
over the season of time of having a new little member in your household who is going to change your life forever, but it's for the better, guaranteed. I'm sure you're having some beautiful little times with her. So enjoy, guys. Fantastic. Uh, also, Jude, just want to thank you for the video you added this morning for the kids' work, Rooted Kids. Thanks for that, placing it all together. And I uh, just want to comment on the worship this morning as well. Um, on the WhatsApp, you will see that there's a second voice note WhatsApp. I really felt to just send you the worship session for this morning because I just felt something was captured there. But I really want to encourage you to allow God to minister to you and just to speak to your spirit in this time. So get some headphones. The stuff always sounds a lot better with headphones in. Um, it just mixed nicely and just allow God to minister to your spirit and to your soul um, as our spirits arise in this time and season. So, yeah, I encourage you to do that. So, as you know, we've been walking through the book of uh, Joshua and uh, it's been a great story. We all get it now on walking and crossing over and to face new things and all that God has been saying and speaking to the Israelites as a people. But in comparison to what God is saying to us as a people in today's time where it's the same God, we see the same things happening through times and seasons. And God has shown us so much through this book. But today we come to the famous passage in Joshua 6, where now Joshua and the Israelites are going to take on Jericho. And the walls of Jericho need to come down. And uh, God has promised that he's given them the city. And now there's the obvious message here this morning that we can blast on about uh, that the walls need to come down and the enemy needs to be taken out and we can go hard after that message. Yes, that is a clear message. Or we could go the route of, you know, the walls in your own life that uh, need to come down. And we always go hard after the walls. But, you know, if we really think about it, the, and it says often in the word, the battle is the Lord's. So if, I mean, I have this crazy picture of, you know, if, if we want to take on the walls like that in our own strength, you're not you're not going to happen. One little man with a bow and arrow bling, bling, against the wall he is not he's not going to take anything. And the understanding with the walls is the battle is the Lord's. So there's some preempted thinking here that we must get into that when we understand when God is for us and working with us, what is our position? And if I'm going to title a sermon today, I'll title it. It's not about the walls, but it's about your obedience what God is saying and what God is speaking. So I want to look at it from a slightly different perspective and look at it in that way because we can focus on the walls and the walls become such a thing, but there was a build-up to them knowing and who they were working within God. I mean, if you look at the context of Jericho and those walls that were set up, if the battle wasn't the Lord's, I can tell you now that men would not be able to penetrate those walls. Reading um, some articles and speaking about it, the walls were about... 11 to 12 foot high um, and about 6 to maybe 10 foot wide. And then from the first section of wall, there was a slope that went up at a 35 degrees for about 35 feet to another section of wall that was also about 10 foot high and also, you know, about 6 foot wide. So there was this layered tier to go up and to kind of fight these walls. And what they used to do was they'd encamp around a city like that and they would either through fire, they would slowly just keep burning and the walls would weaken over time. Or they'd try and, you know, burrow tunnels and that through the walls and uh, try and gain access to the city that way. And by encamping around them, eventually with no one coming out, 
they would actually run out of resources and food and that in the city so they'd eventually start starving and they'd win that way so there was a very long process that you had to kind of wait for and it could take months or maybe even years to be able to penetrate a city if you're doing it in your own strength but this was the lord's battle that he was calling joshua and the people and the israelites to step into and the key was for them to obey the instructions what law what the lord was telling them you know, and you just think now, guys, like they've just wandered 40 years in the desert after being re miraculously redeemed and set free from Egypt. A, a generation had to pass off. They've gone through all the process of, of getting ready for this. It was not time to be disobedient and mess it up again. This was their time to now take new ground. And also this was promised 500 years ago to Abraham about the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. That he was given and now the people that have been called the people from the time of Abraham are now walking into the promise. It wasn't a time to mess it up really. It wasn't time to be disobedient and to kind of do things in their own time. And that, But it was God's plan of how they would attack the city. It seemed foolish, really foolish, but they chose to obey. And let's just read the first two verses of of chapter 6 and and we can paraphrase the story but as we understand the story how it went and says Joshua 6 verse 1 and 2 it says now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel none went out and none came in and the Lord said to Joshua see I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor that was that's just the opening line and the rest of the chapter goes around the instructions that God gives to Joshua of what you need to do so that the walls will come down and that I'll, you can take the city and uh, you can continue taking what all that I've promised you to do. And, they, you know, we understand that they marched around six times once every day on the seventh day. They marched around six times and on the seventh time they, the, the trumpet sounded and everyone gave a big shout and the walls came down. And Rahab was um, saved because her house was in on the wall. And I always wondered what that, how that meant. The walls fell down, but a house was in the wall. But if you look at the tiered process, the first wall and the tier goes up and there's a second tier. Those houses were built in those walls and that's where they would have kind of had their homes. Anyway, that's just a little side note. And uh, the understanding of how that all played out, and then they gained victory. Now, it's, you know, we've got to take it to the context of the day we're living in and the times of obedience. And I just feel this message is not just for us, for Bay City Church. Now, you know, guys, we've got obedient. Are you in? Are your hearts fully invested? Because when I say go, we're going to go and we're going to take the land. I think the time and the season we're living in now is so much bigger than individual little churches. And yes, we have our mandates and we continue with what God has called us to do. But there's a far greater thing at play here. Just think about it, where you've got... You know, billions of p believers and Christians around the world. And that if we were in unity and God said, go and do this. And we all united in one voice, it would be unstoppable. But we are so fragmented in many different ways. So what the Lord is doing through this time, he is forcing us. And he is getting a people to learn what it is to arise as one heart and as one voice. As the people of God, the greater church around the nations of the world. You know, and, and if we look at our context and we look at, you know, God saying, like he says to Joshua there, you know, they're shut up inside. He says to see, I've given Jericho into your hand. 
So if we say, well, you know, let's say, well, God says he's given us the city. Yeah, we've given us the city. Uh, we've given us the nation or the nations, what they are. There, there was a requirement for the people of Israel here not to sit back and go, okay, great. God's given us a city. It's not, it's not, not okay, what must we do now? It was knowing the leadership that was setting course leading them, but actually that the response from the people was obedience to what God was asking of them, which was totally foolish. If you think about it, go and march around the city. Um, imagine the guys on the wall of the city looking at them going, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're not fighting us. Like, why don't you shoot an arrow or two? You know, there was, there was, it was totally foolish. You know, it's like me saying, okay, Bay City Church, I want everybody. We're all going to gather on the beachfront in Musenberg on the 1st of September for spring day. And uh, we are going to march up and down the beach and what God's going to do. And a mighty move of God's going to kind of happen. But we just all need to be obedient. You, you, would, you would kind of be looking at me going, really? Are you, are you sure you're going to think you've heard from God? I would have a few people. Well, firstly, the elders would be like, uh, what are you talking about? But it was foolish in man's eyes. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not, we're not talking in a small little context of the bay and a, and a smaller church community. We're talking the big picture here. Are we responding to what God is doing in this time and season? Are we ready for when he speaks and he uses the church and the leadership through the church to speak things, to set it in order for people to believe for something that might look foolish, but actually in God, this is how the walls came down. And this is how they stood. And it's a, we've really been through a, a season of testing. There's no doubt that this has been a season of testing of so much in our own hearts. And I, and I know that it's been that. We've said that for months now of, of what we've gone through. But we've said it's a season of, of separation for preparation. Well, preparation for what? Well, preparation for what God's got in store. He's aligning our hearts with stuff. He's aligning us with his purposes. He's aligning us with the times and the signs of the age and the times we live in. He's getting us ready. It's whether we align ourselves and are prepared to go with what God is saying. And, you know, by God saying, you know, I've given you the city. We can also just say, thank you, Lord. You've given us the city and sit back and wait for him to do it. Aiden, my little guy, he's eight years old. He asked me a, a question the other day. We'd had a, a bit of a tussle. He'd done something that he, he shouldn't have. You know, so he got very introspective and about life and, you know, how hard it was, you know, and difficult it was for an eight-year-old, the things he was dealing with. And he asked me a very insightful question that came. He says, well, Dad, what is the point of being on earth and then one day we just die? And then it's done. I said, buddy, that's a, that's a great question because many people do look at life like that and go, well, what is the point? Look at my life. Look at the things around me. What is the point of being here? But there is a greater purpose and it was a great opportunity to speak to him and say, you are a child of God. I'm your father. You're my child. But there's a greater picture here. You are a child of the living God. God has got a purpose for you to achieve things for his kingdom here on earth. It's not a wasted time that you have here on this earth that you do what you want and build your own empire. I mean, I don't answer in this kind of context. I'm speaking to you now. But the, the context of there's a purpose why we're here on this earth. It's, it's, it's God's destiny and plan and calling on your life. That's why he gave gifts to people to help them in their spheres of influence to be an influence for kingdom thinking, for kingdom values, for kingdom principles, for kingdom lifestyles, for a kingdom culture that is apart from all the things of this world. And when we fit into that, 
it gives us a reason, it gives us understanding, it gives us purpose of why we are here on this earth. Because God is not just going to sit back or he's not going to just do it and we're going to sit back. He's chosen to work through us, his people. And this is why the church is crucial in this time and this hour that we live now. Because it has been a season of testing. Because here's the test. The test is that you will want to slip into, and, and I know it's come like that, particularly when it comes to church stuff, these last five months has brought about an ease, that it brought about a comfort and a convenience. Because you're not all sitting now 10 o'clock or 9.30 in a Sunday morning and watching this. You're watching this in your own time, which is nothing wrong with. But it's easy, it's comfortable, it's convenient, you do it when you feel like it. That is the ploy of the enemy in these times and ages that we live in. He wants you, and I'm not saying about listening to sermons, I'm talking generally about the stuff in life here, because it's a season we're in now of, not, of kingdom people, not churchgoers. See, that's a very different person that, that understands their perspective. What are you saved into? Are you saved into a church? Or are you saved into the kingdom that God has established here on earth? Okay. And it's not just about our community that I'm saying here. But the battles and the challenges that we face in this world today. Um, the whole body needs to arise and stand together. And if we are falling into this ease, this comfort, this convenience about how the things are. We will miss, I think, what God wants to do in and through his church in this time. Because it's an hour for the church to arise. There's no doubt that God is doing this. And we, and now, like I was saying last week, we need to make a conscious decision. Because you've almost got to shake off these last few months that have been convenient in many ways because the pace has been different. And I'm not saying now we're going to run and pick up the pace and just start charging. There's this new normal we will understand and shape and work in how we get that. But we've got to shake off this ease that it's just been a way of when it comes to kingdom and the church and, and what God is asking of us as people. That's why it's got to start within your spirit that you start arising, that you start responding. That's why I'm asking if you take that music and just go and lie and let it minister to you. Because, you know, that's speaking about no matter the circumstance, no matter what I'm walking through, I will praise God. No matter what's being pressed into me, no matter the trial that I'm dealing with, I will praise him. I will worship him. And no matter how dark it is around us, I will praise him. I will worship him. I will lift up my voice. That's what God is asking because we need to be strong in spirit. We need to be strong in mind and strong in heart in this season. And, and as I say, the enemy loves the idea of ease. I just want to say online church is not church. It's easy and comfortable because you do it in your time. You can sit in your lounge. You can you know, sit in your bed and watch with us with headphones in and you can turn it up and the whole house goes quiet because you're engaging and having your time and having your moment. There's, I get that. There's nothing wrong with it. But online church is not what God has designed us to be apart from each other. And this, this, this um, slow process is that um, with this ease and convenience is that you slowly start drifting into thinking of your truth and you create paradigms in your mind according to how you believe things need to be and no it's fine this hey this actually works this is actually quite nice but realizing you're actually drifting away from the core belief and values that god has god has got because of ease and convenience and god is asking us to arise in this time that's why i'm saying it's by our spirits first to say god i respond to you i i, I believe in you i thank you because if we choose ease and convenience and we think, well, what is the point of me living here on earth? The whole idea is that, you see, you can't give back the king 
what he's paid for you. You can't pay him back. The only thing you can respond with is your life. That's Romans 12. I offer myself as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And you offering your body back to him saying, God, I'm yours. My response is for you on this earth. And here I am. I want to meet and I want to give myself to you. Because we are, we are thinking, oh, well, there's nothing missing. It's all seeming fine. We've got to break that mentality and keep pressing in the spirit to believe what God is showing us. Diana and I, we had a staff meeting on Tuesday and just gathered with the staff again just to talk. And just to kind of debrief a little bit these last five months that we've been walking through. And Diana said something very pertinent. She said, I was doing okay at home. I was worshipping on my own. I was, um, you know, having time with God. You know, obviously it had its challenges, life's up and downs. But the stuff from the bay was like a lifeline. The, the messages that came through were just a, a connective point for me, you know, with people. But she said there was always something missing. And she said this morning when we came in here and we worshipped together, the, the, the peace, the void in my heart has been filled because it's powerful being with God's people and we worship together. Something happens in your spirit. And that happened to her that morning. And that's what it's about. You see, we kind of think we don't need it. But I'm telling you, we need this togetherness of what God's got. And that's why we're in a time of preparation. And it's not sitting back saying, oh, well, God's got it. He's given us the city. We can take it now. We take on these walls. No, it's about obedience. It's about obedience in what God is asking us and responding. And I sort of read a few things that are, someone sent me a clip a, a week or two ago and a, from a man by the name of John Paul Jackson, who died a few years back, but uh, was, a, was a renowned kind of prophetic man, but also you know, incredible ministry. I'm dealing with some people with company of prophets that are still linked to his ministry streams up in Pretoria. But he gave six things that he warned the church about in 2008 about the times that were coming. And I just want to run through them quickly here so you get a context. You're saying, don't overreact to, to the media and all the hype and the swells that come around media. We've seen that take place, okay? Listen to God and His voice. God is not caught by surprise by all the things that come along. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. Secondly, simplify and streamline your life. Okay, cut back on that. That doesn't reflect on your calling and what God has asked you to do on this earth. And uh, the opportunities for us, he says, like Acts 2.42, where they gathered together, they had the apostles teaching, they broke bread, they had fellowship, and they were in prayer, were together. Thirdly, he says, connect with friends and family. How much have we spoken about family in this time? Okay, Not all the other things that we rely on to connect us today. The social media stuff is a ploy to, to, to con you to believe that you're connected. You're not connected. It's, it's people around, friends, family, a church community around you that actually gives you that connectivity. The fourth thing, rethink your focus, okay? Principles or pressures. Okay, remind yourself of principles. Okay, difficulty is God's wake-up call to the church. And get the vision of God. We walk through difficult times, but it's waking us up to what God is speaking and saying. So rethink your focus. Fifthly, he says, be an influence wherever you are. We're going to speak more and more into kingdom over the next few weeks and understanding how we serve our culture and we serve our time that we live in here, understanding our mandates on this earth. And this last thing he says, sixthly, he says, take more time to listen to him. Okay, he says, there's a lot coming we don't know. Listen, don't always ask. And that's why I almost want to encourage you today to also now just take that music and just be quiet and just listen. Listen to God as he speaks to you because... 
There is a rising that's being asked of the people of God, okay? But that starts in your spirit, again, works into the natural. So suppress that flesh of yours. Speak to your flesh. Speak to your body. Tell it to come into line. Speak to that soul. Align that soul of yours with the purposes of God and be refreshed in His presence. But and I just want to wrap up here. The reality, folks, of what we're dealing with, and we're speaking about these walls and the city that God has given us. There is so much evil and wicked happening in our world today. Okay, We don't actually know where to start to try and fix it or try and see what it is. There, there are so many... There's so much poverty around the world. There's enough food and there's enough money in this world that no one should be hungry and no one should be poor. But it is. There are. There are governments that have clearly proven and shown themselves around the nations of the world that they're not for their people. There are groups and schemes of people that have got wicked things happening in the background that we don't even want to talk about because it's just so disgusting what people are involved on. We've seen... These powerful people. And we could go on and on the list of things that are wrong in this world. Those essentially, folks, are the walls we are facing that we don't really know. I'm not, I'm not pushing aside all the good that people are trying to do. But it doesn't look like there's change. We are trying and trying hard. But it takes such a long time to see change happening. And kind of we can lose heart. Those are the walls that we face. Those are the things that we come up against. Like in Jericho and go... How are we ever going to penetrate these walls? How are we ever going to get in here? I want to remind us this morning here, or this afternoon, evening, whenever. The battle is the Lord's. Okay, And when we are obedient to what the calling and God calls us to do in His destiny, in His plan that He's got in place, God's not surprised by this time and the season that we're walking through now. These are very big walls. They seem impenetrable. Okay? But... As I say, God not taking us surprise. He's using this time to prepare us. He's using this time to train you. Okay, He's training you of what it means to be strong in spirit by not relying on the gathering at a church meeting, which is difficult because it is a part of, just helps. I know I've had tough weeks even leading a church and I arrive at church and I just feel, and I leave feeling enthused and empowered because is something that happens together. We've been forced to learn to do that without the power of that gathering because something's coming, something he's preparing us for, okay? And we need to respond to what he's saying. So what I'm saying is find space, slow down and let your mind just stop and allow him to speak to you, allow him to encourage your soul, allow him to minister and speak to you, okay? Because the greatest battle that we're fighting today is actually in our minds, it's that reality of positioning ourselves and understanding, okay, I'm a child of God, and all the things that happen. The enemy loves that playground there because he nullifies you in that environment. And we are facing many walls. It's very difficult to, to know what the strategy purposely is right now. How are we going to take those walls down? The battle is the Lord's. We need to be obedient to when he speaks, we follow not, yes, sir, we'll do it. It's more, yes, Father. We will listen to your voice as you're heeding to us. And we run as one people with one heart and one voice into what is come. And that's why the foundation of prayer is crucial. Because I was talking with someone this week and she was saying how Jesus taught her how to pray. And she used to pray in her mind. But then she got this picture of, of and, and, and used to learn to pray by Jesus was sitting in the room with her on another chair. And she had talked to Jesus. 
He's a brother. He's a friend to us. And that's how relational it is. And then you stop speaking and just listen. Let him speak to you. And the words he uses is that he said to her, learn to work with me. And when you walk closely with the Lord, there's nothing to fear. He will lead us. He will guide us into all that's coming. We will know the exact strategies. The prophetic voice across in your own life and in our community it is, is very clear about what we are going for and what God is leading us into. But it's step by step. We don't fully know what it's going to look like in five or ten years time. We don't know, but we trust him because he just asks us to be obedient, to respond to him, because he will bring down the walls that are in the nations of this world that have been set up and against people and they will come down because that is our God. He is mighty. He is all powerful. He holds all things in his hands and he's not surprised or taken off God by the season and heaven, heaven having all these conferences now and how they're going to do it. He's watching it all. So I want to say to you today, this is the finest hour for the church to arise in this time. You are part of it. And he's asked of you to arise for his kingdom to do great things for him. Play your part in what he's called to do. Keep your heart pure. Keep your heart pure in what God is speaking to you because the enemy will lie to you. You will want to accuse people. You want to blame people. You want to put it on everybody else. To hold what's yours, but keep your heart pure before the Almighty God. Psalm 24, clean hands and a pure heart. That's what the Lord loves. That your motivation is for nothing else but for His glory and for His kingdom extension. Eh? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Just walk with Him. Talk with Him. That closeness that you have, I said a couple of weeks ago, don't ignore him. Just speak with him. Speak with him. It's not trying to be super spiritual. It's, it's knowing that he's close and he's with you. And the last thing is serve the kingdom with everything that you have. Because of what he did for us, we give back our lives to him and say we honor you and we give you. Because one day we are going to be rewarded for all we do on this earth. So I want to encourage you today. To There are walls that we face that we look impenetrable around us, around this world. And the things that we have to come up against, even in your own life, I'm sure. In our nation, in us, the nations of the world, there are different tiers and levels of walls. The battle is the Lord's. Be obedient to his voice. Listen to how he leads and he guides because he's not taken by surprise. And he will bring the walls down. It might not even happen in my lifetime. It might... This process of what God's doing could be in 50 years, 60 years, 80. We don't know. Might not be here for that. But I want to know, as it says about David, that David served the purposes of God in his generation. Give your utmost to the Lord in your time that you're here. So let's just pray together. So Father, I just thank you that you are the creator of all things. I want to thank you that you are not caught off guard by the season that we're living in now. I want to thank you, Lord, that the word has given us such good instruction of past victories that have taken place for your people that we can hold on to and grab faith in our hearts to say, Lord, you've done it before, you will do it again. And I speak over every heart that would be fearful at this time and worried about what the future is and all these voices and all these words speaking and all the realities of going on around us. Father, we listen to your voice. We take heed to the promises you've spoken, the hope that arises in our hearts that you are for us in every single way. 
We don't fully know what it might look like going forward, but we trust you, Almighty God, that we are your people, we are your children, and you will care for us, and you will protect us. You are with us in every way. So I declare that over your hearts today, that you that you know his love, you know his counsel, you know his protection, and that we don't lose sight of how big God is when the seeming walls around us and the things of this world seem so big, God is greater. And that is our King that we worship and that we serve. So I bless you today. I bless you this week. May you continue to kind of honor and serve Him with everything you've got. And I uh, just bless you today. Have a great rest of the day. And we will chat soon. Bye now.